0: welcome to lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network your home for the latest news from the national lacrosse league and indoor lacrosse now let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts jake elliott and evan schemenauer Hello, lacrosse fans. Welcome back to lacrosse classified lax class here on the lacrosse all-stars podcast network where we grow the game one podcast at a time. This is episode number 52, a full year of podcasts here in lacrosse classified. It's Jake Elliott. I'm Jake Elliott. My partner, Evan Schemenauer is on the other line. He's back in Saskatoon as we roll out episode number 52 here for you on a Tuesday. Thanks for joining us once again. Great program lined up for you as we continue our Stampede Tac NLL season previews. Another two teams to talk about here this week, Evan, Daylight Savings Time, it's now two hours later in Saskatoon. I'm still trying to wrap my head. I love the fact that Saskatchewan just says, screw you to the rest of the country and says, we're not changing our clocks, this is the way it is.
1: We do it. Arizona does it, actually, as well. They stay on Pacific Standard Time all year. But here's the funny part. Daylight Savings Time, the excuse was that it would help farmers. Farmers. Well, Saskatchewan's the province in Saskatchewan, or in Canada, with the most farmers, and we don't use it, and you will never convince people in Saskatchewan to switch their clocks. It screws up our television watching schedule, because most of the channels are out of province, so it's like, okay, now 6 o'clock shows start at 7, but, you know, the toll it takes on the body, I remember living in places where they did it, and having, you know, either waking up at 5, 6 in the morning all of a sudden because your body's used to it or being late for work yeah, because your body's used uh, to the yeah, other way. I, I it don't, make no I,
0: sense. I don't care if it's fall back, spring forward, whatever. It throws you off your routine. And I think it's, I don't know, like, how long has this been in existence? I don't want to get off here too far on Daylight It was states. one of the world
1: wars that they implemented. Like, it it's in.
0: just, it's its ridiculous. It sounds like uh, some other people are going to hop on board with Saskatchewan. This may be the last time we go through it. Let's keep our fingers crossed on that. Uh, I, I still
1: remember in Bermuda it was hilarious because this one here where, where you fall back, the pubs closed at three a.m., so two a.m. 2 a. fell back to one a.m. So you oh, got the extra yes. hour drinking in the yes.
0: night. No, I remember that. I remember those days uh, back then where you'd be at the bar and and then you'd realize, hey, we get an extra hour. Uh, that was always that was always a big one. I uh, talked about having a great program here today, Evan, and I want to let you know who's coming on the show. We got the general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks, the new Rochester Nighthawks. I don't know how long we have to say that for, but. For this year, I think anyways, uh, the new Rochester Nighthawks general manager Dan Carey will rejoin the program to give us a preview of the Nighthawks season. What's been going on around Blue Cross Arena as well. And then we'll head from the East Coast down to the West Coast. And I'm talking Southwest Coast as we'll go to SoCal and talk to the head coach and general manager of the San Diego Seals in one Patrick Merrill. I'm looking forward to talking to these two guys as well, Evan.
1: So Rochester's on the east coast of, what, Lake Ontario? Well,
0: <laughs> my, I'm, I, but I, I've never really been a geography major, Evan. I know, I know they're in the eastern time zone. Uh, I could probably find Rochester on a map. I know there's no water around Rochester. There's a couple of, there's like a river that goes through there, I think, but uh, you got me there. Not on the east coast. You know what I'm saying, Evan. It's early. Yeah, I know. No, but um, Rochester's
1: had uh, an interesting time. Of course, we talked to Dan Carey the last time, just hours after he finished the expansion draft. So now he's gone from a lineup of, well, I think it was actually about 10 or 11 because he had made a few deals by that point. So now having you know a thirty forty man are going into camp and seeing how the teams evolve from
0: there. Well, let's uh, let's talk about those Rochester Nighthawks uh, as we get into our NLL season previews. Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, your complete source for boots, hats, motorcycle leathers and gear. Summer riding season is gone, but fall riding season is here. All the more reason to get outfitted in the proper attire when you're out there on your motorcycle. During this beautiful fall weather we're having here in BC, Evan, the trees, the leaves, all of it uh, in full spectacle. Uh, just it's this one of my favorite times of the year. It's not too hot, it's not too cold, but it's it's like the perfect. You can you know you can wear whatever you want out there. It's it's like one of my favorite times of the year, and and all the trees and the leaves and everything. Yeah. It's beautiful. See
1: here while we have a little bit of snow it didn't all melt yesterday but it hit minus 12 last night which Uh, yeah for those in the u.s is about say 10 degrees
0: um but that's—I that's, yeah, mean—that's that's, that's still spring for Saskatoon. One. That's spring for yeah. Saskatoon, right but there.
1: But you know what? Like I said, we got ninety-eight point nine cents liter fuel here, so <laughs> we're not complaining too much. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, over over one fifty, I think, at my last look here in BC. Uh, by the way, if you want to shop online, you can do so at Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, or you can head out to Cloverdale and check out the big store there. At Stampy Tack and Westernwear, I know a lot of our listeners didn't really know about Stampy Tack when we when they started listening to Lacrosse Classified, and whether they've won a prize or not, they've made their way out to Stamp and they're absolutely blown away. Like I know a couple of our listeners, they say it's like their favorite store now after being inside Stampy Tack and Westernwear. It's cool in there.
1: Yeah, and it's it's actually got a crazy selection. You'd never think in the middle of Cloverdale that, that something like this would exist, but. When I look at Lavalies here
0: in Saskatoon, which is the closest thing we got to it, Zampi Tax floor space is about twice as big. It's massive. It's absolutely massive in there. Um, all right, let's get into this here, Evan Rochester. Let's start with their expansion draft acquisitions. And I, like you send me the notes for both teams before you do the preparation for this. I got to give you credit on this because I think I mean it's awesome the way you kind of lay this out for us. Um, but I'm looking at this expansion draft acquisition list, and like it, it pops off the page to me like, whoa, they they did really well in expansion. Sean Evans, Holden Katoni, Curtis Knight, Danny Lintner, Steve Fryer, and Rylan Hartley. Uh, that's pretty loaded. It, it's loaded up front.
1: Now, there's not, there wasn't much defense of... Selections in there. Shane Simpson was
0: traded back um, after they picked him, but I mean that's a starting lineup though. Offensively in the NLL, right there, those five guys, yeah. and then you got two, two goaltenders, an established goaltender, and Steve Fryer, who everybody projected as kind of the the best backup in the NLL. We'll see how that pans out there in Rochester, but they also get the guy that everybody thinks is kind of the next one in goal in Rylan Hartley as well.
1: And we're going to have to ask Dan Carey about that because you've got a seasoned backup who's going to get his chance, but you also got the best goaltender in a Junior in about three four years since Del Bianco got drafted. So you know which direction are you going here? You know, is Friar's number one job a safe? I don't know if it is. Uh, I don't.
0: I don't think you anoint a number one. With an expansion team, yeah, I you know the Steve Fryer is the elder statesman. He's the guy with more experience, but I don't, I don't think you tell Steve Fryer or Ryland Hartley, "Hey, this is Steve Fryer's job. You're going to have to take it from him. You're going to have to battle." Like I think you come into a camp with a total open slate and let these guys duke it out through training camp, exhibition games, what have you, and let the the cream rise to the top here.
1: Now, of course, the downside is, and this is part of what we're going to discuss in a bit, but one of their big expansion draft picks, Frank Brown, yeah. just got put on the physically unable to perform list. And for a defense that was as thin as it was already in Rochester, mm-hmm. just got a lot thinner. And yeah. Zach Reed, of course, is the other one that just got put on that list.
0: Well, yeah, let's talk about the departures and injuries before we get to the free agent acquisitions then, uh, Evan. You, you mentioned Frank Brown and Zach Reed both put on the physically unable to perform list. You mentioned Shane Simpson traded for Turner Evans in a three-way deal that said Goodwin in a third-round pick to Vancouver, Chris Wordle for Garitano and Mallory, and Mallory ends up in Vancouver for Burton in a second rounder, so there's there's a young up-and-coming defenseman that they really coveted in, in Burton, and yeah, I think they're way more loaded up front than they are on defense, I think they're going to be fine in goal, but the free agent pickups, I think that's where they kind of addressed on the back end, and a couple of good veterans in Jay Thornebert and Paul Dawson, of course, uh, Dylan Evans, who's got championship experience with Rochester, Phil Caputo, he's been knocking on the door trying to get a starting job in the NLL for for the last three or four years, I would say. And Pat Saunders, uh, who is obviously a depth guy up front, but their free agent acquisitions, they get a lot of experience there and guys that have been around the loop for a number of years.
1: And that's critical. I mean, with with most expansion teams, you're picking up bottom guys or guys that really never had a chance. They don't have a lot of that. Now, they're going to have a lot of that on their defense. They still, even with their free agent pickups, they still only partially address their defense. Um, the Mike Mallory trade really surprised me because um, he was on the practice roster, from what I recall, in Colorado most of the year. Yeah. So to get Burton and a second-rounder for him was like, wow. Yeah, right? I think but, that
0: was a pretty big steal. And, and we, I think we made mention of that... Um, You know when the deal went down is that I don't know if Mallory was ever going to play in Colorado, but Vancouver was really dead set on getting Mike Mallory, and I think they might have jumped the shark a little bit as far as going after him as quickly and as aggressively as they did. Like I think they could have probably sat back and, and got him a little bit cheaper, but they get their man, and I don't think Burton ever wanted to be in Vancouver. He he wanted to play back east, and it I think it all worked out like Wordle. They wanted him back in Colorado, they get him, Rochester wanted Burton, Vancouver wanted Mallory, and all these three teams got together and and just made the deal happen. I think everybody's pretty happy. That wasn't a
1: three-way deal. That wasn't a three-way deal. The three-way deal was Westburg going from Calgary to San Diego, and Turner Evans came back to Calgary as part of that deal and then got sent to
0: Rochester. Yeah, but the the Wordle-Mallory-Burton deal was a three-way deal, right? Well, kind of. Kind I mean, of. Yeah, I mean they, they were two separate trades. Right, two yeah. separate trades, but with, with the thought in mind that this was all gonna happen. So we'll talk to Dan Carey about it all, but before we do, uh let's get to their draft picks. And again, they, they go after offensive players in the expansion draft, but in the entry draft, they draft three defensive guys. So clearly a plan here for Dan Carey as he gets Ryland Reese at number two overall. Clearly the best D guy coming out of the into the draft, and and I think they're super happy to get Ryland Reese, who's got Minto Cup team Canada, four year career in college as well. So he goes second overall. Corey Highfeld, uh, Oakville Rock, r- super impressive. I think uh, Six Nations, if I recall, as well. And and I was really impressed with Corey Highfeld in his senior A debut uh, with the Rock, left-handed transition guy. And then Dustin Pratt as well, who they get at thirty second overall.
1: Yeah, the Ryland Reese. Of course, we talked with New England just recently, and. They stated they would have taken Reese had he been available. Saskatchewan was salivating to get him at four. Um, So they've got the best defender in the draft by a mile. Uh, But whether that's going to be enough this year, I don't know. I got a bad feeling that Rochester's going to be playing some uh, old uh, Georgia Swarm games, 17-15 style. Nothing Uh, wrong with
0: that, man. Nothing wrong with that. Love the goals. Love the goals. Uh, you you always give me the scheduling quirks here, Evan, and so far through all the teams that we've done so far, Rochester has got the pick of the litter here, Evan. 8 of their 9 games are on Saturday nights. All team I trust me when I say this, all teams want Saturday night games on their schedule, and Rochester gets 8 of 9 on Saturday night, one on a Sunday, and they'll host the former Nighthawks, now the Thunderbirds twice in March. This is going to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to be fun to watch, and it'll be interesting to see what the crowd's reaction is because they've loved those players now are now in Halifax for years, and now they're coming back as the opposition. So we'll have to wait and see what the, how the crowd reacts, but yeah, it's nice that now with the Pagula family owning the Nighthawks, they own the arena, and then you can start to get your preferred dates. It's a little easier. That was one problem, really, with the former Nighthawks that they weren't getting the prime dates, yeah.
0: And the
1: the crowds reflected that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and if I know Nighthawk fans, like I think I know Nighthawk fans, it's not. Good. I mean, they may the first time back, they may you know give the boys a round of applause, but I don't think it's going to take too long. For the Rochester Nighthawk fans to find a disdain and a hate for the Thunderbirds like they do for the Rock or the Bandits, for that matter, and they're going to love their team, they're going to hate the other teams, and that's what makes Rochester fans uh, some of the best in the league.
1: No question, they're going to be fired up. Like I said, though, it's you know Cody Jamison they've had. Yeah, like I said, I think they pay their respects. Years, right? yeah,
0: I think they pay their respects. They acknowledge that the championships that that roster brought to rochester over the the last several years but then i think that goes away pretty quickly i think they acknowledge it and then they move on from it and and then it's like we don't like you
1: but they also got a former long-term nighthawk and paul dawson back that they only lost for what about four or five weeks
0: and of course they still got their head coach as well right mike hazen yes they do well, there you go. We're going to talk to Dan Carey about it all here very shortly, in about 10 minutes from now, but let's let's get on to San Diego here before we get to Mr. Carey, Evan. Uh, expansion draft losses for the Seals. Rylan Hartley and Connor Kelly. Two guys that have a bright future in this league, but I think when you're looking at it as a whole for a new team in the league to lose those two guys, yeah, maybe Hartley is, is a tough pill to swallow because you know the kid's going to be a great goalie. But I think they can they can swallow this pill here, losing Kelly and Hartley in the expansion draft. The issue
1: with Hartley was is that you can only protect one goaltender and you're not going to not protect Frank Sciliano. Exactly. So that was the problem. So the, the Hartley became exposed and Dan Carey wasted no time. I think it was the third round picking up Hartley before anybody else was gone on seals Connor Kelly a first round draft pick of theirs um a tough loss but they've got Connor Fields and they've still got a lot of the pieces of that offense especially Austin Stotts and you know Casey Jackson and other all the other guys that are there and they've still got a very good offense unfortunately you're going to have to lose somebody because you can only protect five forwards
0: acquisitions for the San Diego Seals, they get a couple of Denver Pioneer products in one Jeremy Noble, and then they make the deal for Wesley Berg, and that right side just got a whole lot better that much quicker, and then they add on the left side as well the veteran Zach Greer uh, goes from Colorado to San Diego, that kind of surrounding work commitments and what he was able to do as far as his schedule goes. He ends up in San Diego, and they get another veteran in Mike Carnegie.
1: It's going to be a loaded offense, and that, I guess that's what we'll have to talk with Mayor O'Boat because it's you know, it's it's a loaded offense, but the defense is still a little weak, and when we get into one of the holdouts, it's a very key piece of that defense.
0: Depart- we'll get to the little tease there from Evan Sheminar. I like it, Evan. You're learning. Uh, departures from San Diego. Zach Miller traded to Georgia. Turner Evans traded to Rochester via Calgary. They lose Polly Dawson to unrestricted free agent, as they do to brother Dan to Toronto. And Tyler Carlson, uh, the backup goaltender there in San Diego, no longer with the team as well. I'm going to miss TC diving into the hot tub in full goalie gear for San Diego.
1: They got a hot tub in Denver that they can dive in, Even a better hot tub, there. yeah.
0: yeah. Might have some company um, in that hot tub if he does it there.
1: Yeah, and the Seals have Nick Demood, who is one of the – better goal junior goaltenders, so they got a decent backup that they want to try to start to develop. That won't be an issue. Dan Dawson is one of the veteran leaders on the offense. That that's definitely going to be missed. Um but he gets to go home. That's one of the keys there. But yeah, you know, Paul Dawson losing another defender, even though he was only there for a short time. He wasn't there the whole season. They're all little pieces that are missing, and the other real difference with San Diego this year, a year ago they had signed, what, 40, 50 players at mm-hmm. one point. It was crazy that they were literally, let's bring everybody in, let's see what we can put together. They haven't signed that many players this year.
0: No, and, and like what? I mean, it's just you were kind of lingering around Saskatchewan training camp this weekend back there in Saskatoon, Evan, and what? I mean, they got like, what, like three extra guys in camp that, have a chance to yep. make the day yeah, t- like <laughs> Derek Keenan does not mess around when it comes to training camp. He is into his systems like virtually on day two. And the team like that's the way they approach it. They like to kind of know, okay, this is gonna be our team. Why waste any time giving guys shots that we know, you know, ninety five percent aren't gonna have a chance to make the squad. Let's just get into things and get rolling early.
1: Yeah, when you look at the defense, right? You know, when you got guys like Corbeil, Rubish, Dilks, Cornwall, like th- this is an established defense. Oh, Brett Minsky, of course, taking the year off, which created a little bit of a hole. But now you've got well,
0: that's a big hole. That's not in, care right? so, That's a big hole.
1: Yeah, you know, Mike Messenger, and you know, it, the list goes on. There's really not a, an opportunity for a youngster. To crack the lineup all that easy, so no. No. why bother? It's and even up front, they've only got four lefties in camp or four righties. Yeah. We know who the four guys making the squad are. Now it's just time to get uh, you know the young Thompson, you know, used to the system so that he can you know he can be on
0: that active roster right away. Yeah, be ready, be ready to go. We'll talk about Saskatchewan next week, Evan, uh, as we'll have Jamie Dowick. And Jammer, Derek Keenan on the program a week. for Only we only got three teams left after this week, Evan. Uh, That's crazy to think about that we've gone through our season. That just means that the season is that much closer to beginning. But we're on to San Diego here, and a couple of big unknowns for the Seals listed down here in the holdout list in Adrian Soroketti. And then their number one pick overall from last year, of course, went down with a knee injury. Austin Stotts, and we don't know kind of the the status of Audi right now, and and we'll have to ask Pat Merrill how the recovery is going and when they expect Stotts to return, whether he'll be ready for training camp or what. But uh, those are two big key pieces in their lineup that's kind of up in the air right now.
1: The debate earlier this week is if you were to put together a 21-man roster, who would you have on it? And Austin Stotts makes my lefty list. He, he honestly does. That's how good he is. So that is a massive piece. He went down in April and is typically a 10 to 12 month recovery process. So, how quickly he'll be back and how quickly he'll be back into game shape, we don't know. Yeah. Agent Soroketti, though, is a massive loss. And once again, the defense isn't as deep as the offense is. And you can't afford to miss a fabulous transition player like Soroketti.
0: No, he was one of their prize acquisitions from a year ago, and uh, I'm sure they'll get it done, and, and I think, you know, probably Soroketti holds the hammer there a little bit. They they know it, he knows it, and, and that's probably what's going on there, but they'll get that done. I'm sure they will. Drop picks, uh, first-round pick traded away for West Berg. Matt Sykes at 25, Devin Maya at 28. I'm uh, going to be honest here, Evan, I do not know a whole lot about Maya or Sykes.
1: Neither do I, if I'm not mistaken. One of them's an American, so.
0: We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but kind of interesting they go kind of off the board there 28 and 25. We'll ask Pat Merrill about those two guys. As, uh, he's usually really, really plugged in on, on what's happening around as the players coming up. So uh, very good recruiter, very good scouter is Pat Merrill, and we'll talk uh, why he decided to pick those two guys. Scheduling quirks here, Evan. And listen, uh, I w- <laughs> I want to be I got myself a little hot water and I want to be careful of this. Two home games listed as TBA, Colorado on February 1st, Vancouver February 22nd. We still don't know what's happening with those two games for the Seals home schedule. We'll maybe talk to Pat about that. We'll we'll, we'll might just kind of bring it up, uh see what he says, but uh we might just gloss over that one as well <laughs> for my own well-being. Uh if you know what I'm saying there.
1: Oh, I know what you're saying. We we kind of have an idea as to what's happening with these, but nothing official
0: yet. And we want to wait for the official announcement before we discuss anything here on Lacrosse Classified. That's kind of where we're going with that. Uh, They make the—this is nuts. San Diego goes (laughs) from Tijuana to, like— russia here evan uh san diego to halifax man is that a journey
1: and it's even worse the fact that about half of the seals team lives in market so they actually have to make this trip Ooh. i'm going to imagine that they because those players live in market and they're full time pretty much with the team they're going to make that journey out there two or three days early just yeah. to adjust to what was it four hours
0: time difference I don't know if uh, the owner of the seals, Mister Joe Sae, has a a private jet. I'm a, I'm just gonna see. He might have more than one. Evan, for all I know, but uh, it might be charter weekend there for the seals with that flight itinerary. Just just get the get the big jet in there and whistle those guys over. a flight
1: though between New York and Halifax, so
0: it's, okay. it's not that bad. Okay. Okay, so San Diego Seal schedule. Uh, we'll see how it all that plays out, and we'll talk to Pat Merrill about it all as well as we'll uh, get into these two conversations here on the other side. This is Lacrosse Classified. This is the Stampede Tac NLL season preview series, and this is Rochester and San Diego this week for episode number fifty-two. Jake Elliott, Evan Scheminar, with you, and soon to be joined. By the Rochester Nighthawks general manager on the other side here on Lacrosse Classified. Keep it right here, locked on Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network.
2: Hey, this is Kylie O'Miller of The Fight of the WTLO. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse All Stars, throwing the game one podcast at a time.
0: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. And before we get to Dan Carey here, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to take a moment and welcome a brand new sponsor to the podcast, and it is the Vancouver Warriors, right here of the National Lacrosse League. The Vancouver Warriors have joined up with Lacrosse Classified, and I want to tell you that they kick off their season with a game against the champion calgary roughnecks on friday november the 29th at rogers arena for tickets visit vancouverwarriors.com or call 604-899-4625 then you hit option three somebody's gonna answer the phone you're gonna talk to somebody with the vancouver warriors you're gonna buy yourself some tickets and go to vancouver warriors game where nothing is offside that's what they're going with evan nothing offside at the warriors game it's going to be a real party atmosphere inside rogers arena this season and uh so happy and pleased and proud to welcome the vancouver warriors on board here as a sponsor
1: oh I absolutely love it um you know and it's kind of just shows the growth of the show as well that uh, they're going to take a chance on us you know it's rogers arena it's downtown it's right after work. Most of the games are on Fridays. No excuse. Get down there, have the time of your life. And, you know, even if you don't know the game of lacrosse that well, enjoy the party.
0: Yep. And uh, we'll be giving you some more information in the coming weeks about different ticket options and all sorts of stuff uh, that's going to be happening with the Vancouver Warriors. So welcome aboard, Warriors. Uh, and we're going to talk to general manager Dan Richardson in a couple of weeks, as Vancouver is obviously the last team alphabetically on our list Uh, so we'll talk to Big Dan Richardson in a couple weeks from now but right now waiting on the line is the general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks coming back onto the podcast here it's Dan Carey. Dan thanks for doing this once again No worries guys well, a busy time of the year for you, Dan Carey. Uh, training camps, uh, season just around the corner. We've been kind of going down the list here, talking to all the GMs about their upcoming season, what their roster looks like, what they think uh, are going to be their chances coming into this year. So, Rochester up this week. We appreciate you doing this. We're going to start with your expansion draft acquisitions. And and Evan and I talked about this off the top of the show and this list here of the guys that you got in the expansion draft really jumped off the page to me, offensively for sure, but you, you bolster your goaltending as well. Evans, Katoni, Knight, Lintner. Like, that's a starting lineup in the National Cross League, and then you probably get the best goaltender that wasn't a starter last year in the NLL and probably the best goaltender to be drafted in the NLL in the past three or four years as well, and Ryland Hartley. You got to be real excited about your expansion picks.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, we had our first training camp last weekend, on the twenty fifth of October, and you know, we got to see our guys finally in action. Um, you know, there's there's some that you've I've gotten to know really well and see with their staff, and then there's some guys that I've watched for a long time and just haven't had that kind of close interaction with them, you know, personally, but also you know, watching them in a practice and different setting. You know, for me you get to see what guys are like and you become fans of them and, and what they can bring on the floor and off the floor Well, what you know. Um, but there's a couple of guys that really stood out, um, you know, that, that, you know, in particular, those guys that you mentioned, um, they just bring an element that you weren't even sure that they, that they had. Um, so we're really excited about those guys, but you know, with some free agents coming in and, and guys uh, that we are able to draft, we're, you know, we're excited about, the guys that we have on our roster, and uh, it's going to be some tough decisions, as I'm sure every team is going to go through um, to make our final roster.
1: Two goaltenders you took in the expansion draft: Fryer and Hartley. Very different here in that you've got a veteran in Fryer who's been a backup waiting for his chance for several years, and you got Hartley who's got a phenomenal junior resume, no NHL experience yet, other than being on a practice roster. Do you have a bona fide number one going into camp, or is it kind of you're going to see how the season goes and play those first few games and get a feel for which guy you're going to go with?
3: No, we don't have a bona fide one, and I think that goes for a lot of our other positions as well. Um, you know, offensively, we we know what we get for some of the guys, but we, you know, you, you mentioned it. Steve Fryer has taken a ton of shots um, as a National Lacrosse League backup and third string goalie. Um, in the summers, you know, he's played a lot of minutes recently and, you know, we believe that he's a guy that that is ready for an opportunity. Um, and then we've got Ryland Hartley who, you know, like you mentioned, he's he's arguably one of the best, you know, young goalie prospects coming into this league. And, you know, we just we've got we've got our work cut out for us to, to make sure we do our job to evaluate these guys and have, you know, have the right guys um, coming into to game one. Uh, we've got Craig Wendy is another guy that's yeah. for for a job, and you know ultimately we had uh, we had some inner squad scrimmages and some practices last weekend, and, and all three you know looked more than capable of, of you know helping us this year. So um, you know I, I think as tough as these some of these decisions are, we're gonna we're gonna have a good idea of of where we're at um, and, and the direction we're gonna go, especially for game one. After we get through our, our training camp, um, so you know I, we're we're excited about you know what the three goalies that we have in camp the potential that they have to to earn a spot.
0: Speaking with general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks Dan Carey and and a lot of wheeze in there Dan about talking about training camp and evaluating. When you go into a situation like this in training camp, and, and obviously you you have the final say when it comes to roster decisions, but Mike Hazen will be included in those conversations. But when you're when you're evaluating players in training camp, especially kind of unknown commodities, what's kind of the checklist that you're looking for, and how does that process work with your staff on? picking players for that final roster? Do you guys kind of sit down around a conference table and go through a list and and talk about the players' fitness, their practice habits, their character, their talent, what their skill set is? All these different things, how do you kind of whittle it down and say, this is our guy for for your active roster?
3: I think it's all those things that are are included. Um, So after the session we had for our our first training camp, we we meet after after every practice, after, after every session, and evaluate our guys and and we kind of start fresh and in, in a clean slate after every practice, every scrimmage, um, it just gives us a better, you know, better way to evaluate from, from our comfort level. Um, but ultimately, you know, this is a team game. It's it's something that we all have to have a say in and uh, be involved with. Um, I don't want to push, you know, 21 active players on our coaching staff and not give them, you know, I don't think that's the case for, you know, for, for any team, but, um, ultimately, it's a it's a team decision, and we have to all be comfortable with the guys that that we end up with our on our active and practice roster. Um, you know, there's probably some some players we we might not agree with. Um, not to say that we wouldn't be happy with those guys or accepting those guys, but it might be you know the final final spots that one coach or myself might prefer over over the next guy. Um, but ultimately. You know, we all have to, to to live with the decisions we make, um, knowing that you know even a few of the cuts that we made after week one were guys that we felt could probably play in the NFL. Um, so, it's finding the right guys that fit within our culture, fit within our team, uh, the team chemistry with the guys, the other guys that we do have on our roster. Um, you know, if there's an element that we feel might be missing, then do we add that type of element from one of those final roster spots? So. Well, we, we have an idea of what we want to accomplish and the type of players and people and, and culture we want to create. Um, now it's just a matter of finding
1: the right players that we think are, are suitable for you know this organization. You had a bit of bad news this week. Frank Brown, Zachary going on a physically unable to perform list. Is there a timeline for these guys to get back or are we looking at a season?
3: Uh, Zach Reed, so we picked him up as a free agent. We knew he was injured. Um, you know, he had previous injuries, so we're going to be patient with him. Um, he was up front with us before we signed him. So, um, there's really no timetable on him. Uh, Frank Brown, he's, uh, he's kind of in a similar situation. Uh, we, we were aware of his, you know, ambition. We felt, and he felt he'd be back in time for training camp. Um, but it's been a little bit slower process than he anticipated. So, um, you know, no timeline that I could give you guys at this point, but, you know, for us, those are two guys that, um, you know, we're looking forward to, to seeing, you know, back a hundred percent healthy to, um, you know, to, to kind of contribute on our,
0: Speaking with Dan Carey of the Rochester Nighthawks here, and, and as heavy as he went in the expansion draft with offensive players and goaltenders, it really seems to me like the plan laid out here by you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Dan, but in your free agent signings and in your draft picks was to um, acknowledge or, or go after defensemen here in Thornburg and Dawson and Evans and then you draft Ryland Reese that the best D guy in in the draft. You get Corey Heifeld, a good transition guy as well. Was that kind of the plan for you from the get go or after going through your expansion draft said okay, now we're we're pretty good here offensively. Let's let's pay attention to the defense here and look for for some quality D guys.
3: Um, when I took over, my you know, my goal, my plan was to find and acquire um the highest caliber of players and talent that I could um, initially and, and build around those players. So, um, you know, for me in the expansion draft, it just so happened to be those players that we felt were, you know, ended up being offensive players. Um, you know, the, the, the ones that you mentioned earlier with Evans and, um, and Knight and Tony, um, you know, we, we brought in Turner Evans with one of those picks that we, that we swapped and, and now, um, you know, we, we get to, to kind of round out a few of the defensemen that we were able to acquire in expansion free agency, um, as well as as well as the entry draft. So, you know, ultimately, I came into this wanting to find uh, the best available players that we can build around, and, and knowing that an expansion team, depth is something that we, um, you know, potential issue that we have to deal with. But to be honest. You know, we don't know how we're going to stack up until we start to play games. And scrimmages is always, a you know, the, the proper indicator of that. Um, but we have some really difficult decisions to make defensively. And, and that was one thing that, uh, you know, we did try to address more in the draft. Um, so we're we're in a situation where, you know, we really have to get this right because some of these younger guys are going to be pushing, uh, pushing others to make the, the final roster.
1: You've had the chance to build a team from scratch in Rochester. You had a t- chance to take an existing team and make it better in Colorado. Which experience has been more enjoyable? I can't
3: give you that answer. I don't know if one is more enjoyable. I, I loved Colorado, and that-, that organization um, has meant a lot to me personally for a long time. As you know, a, a past player and um, an alumni, um, the people within that organization, I, I still you know really care about um the players the staff everybody involved um so my time there was was definitely enjoyable and it was beneficial and it was a great learning experience for me and um I'll say the same thing for for Rochester you know not really knowing um who I was going to be hiring the staff and and who we were going to acquire with players uh, really excited about where we're at and you know what the future holds for us so um, you know you surround yourself with good people and and that's you know included everybody with staff and players it, it just makes it that much more enjoyable when everybody you know is like-minded and, and kind of have the same concerns and the same cares for for each other so um, I can't say you know I, I just love what I do and love being a part of the national cross League and fortunate enough to have you know worked in two different Um, organizations that I I feel really proud to be, you know, I've been a part of and currently be a part of. So um, tough to to give you that answer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I imagine so. I think I personally, I think getting to build a team from absolute scratch would be super cool. Like it's like molding clay and, and, and it's gotta be a comforting fact knowing that it kind of starts with Mike Hazen as your head coach and, and knowing, the experience and, and everything that he has and, and what he brings to the table to kind of lead the ship a little bit uh, has got to be a real comforting factor. As we speak with Dan Carey here, and I, and I want to talk to you about the schedule. We kind of talked to uh, all the GMs about their schedule, and so far at all the teams that we've talked to here, Dan, I think the Nighthawks have got the pick of the litter here. Eight out of your nine home games our Saturday nights at the Blue Cross Arena, Sunday nighter are in there as well or Sunday afternoon are in there as well. You gotta be real happy with the schedule and everything that's gone on around Blue Cross Arena to kind of roll out to your to your fan base here to start off a, a new season. It's gotta be exciting. Six Saturday night games, a bunch of renovations around Blue Cross for uh, for your brand new franchise here.
3: Yeah, I, I, you know I, the schedule is what it is, right? You, you get dates that you have to submit to the league that um, you have availability in the building. Um, you know, ultimately we're at the mercy of of the programming that's you know in the Blue Cross, and you know every other team deals with the same thing in the NLL. So you know, you know the dates you you have to submit, and you know out of out of the choices that we made, we were fortunate enough to to have the ones that we chose. So. Um, you know I, your opponents. It's tough, right? You have so many great teams, and and I don't think there's ever an easy game um, on the schedule. So you look down and you're like, well, you know, eighteen and zero or zero and eighteen, or hopefully, you know, it's uh, so you just you just don't know, and you got to get out and compete. So for me, the schedule, you know, obviously the competition that we have is, is difficult, and it's it's um, it's something that you know you you look forward to, right? That, that type of competition. That's why we're involved in this. So as far as our dates, I think our dates, you know, we have buys now, right? We have more weeks within our season. So it just depends on how you look at it. And we're trying to put the positive spin on to know that, you know, Hey, here's a great opportunity for us um, to, to start our first, here in
0: rochester absolutely and and i think the cool part about it all is uh you're gonna get the old rochester team into your building twice this year as the halifax thunderbirds are coming to town twice in march and uh, and i know uh nighthawk fans will be circling that one on their calendar they circling both those games on their calendar to to kind of come and cheer on their their new team and, and probably pay a little respect and then boo their old team as well so it should be fun den uh regular season just weeks away here man uh best of luck with the rest of training camp and good luck going into the first season here for the new Rochester Nighthawks. Can't wait to see it uh, roll out in those beautiful new green jerseys as well.
3: Much appreciated. Thanks guys.
0: Thank you. That was general manager of the Rochester Nighthawks, Dan Carey. Always a good conversation there with Dan. And listen, out of when you're talking about Rochester, you're talking about the riptide. And I know, you know, we always like to compare the seals and the wings in their first year, Evan, on paper right now, I'm looking at the Nighthawks and saying these guys have a real legit shot to make the playoffs in year one.
1: The difficulty is they play in a very difficult division. You know, Buffalo went to the finals last year. Halifax as Rochester went to the finals two years ago. And the Toronto Rock are a tough teams. So that's really the difficulty is trying to leapfrog at least one of them to try and get into a wild card position. That's the tough part. But much like the san diego seals i like the talent that's on this team so i think they got a shot
0: so do i and uh both you and i were at the world championships there in langley and we saw a number of rochester nighthawk jerseys patrolling the concourse there at the langley event center and to see those jerseys up front and close and personal for the first time evan like Not just us, but like other people walking, like look at those; those are nice, beautiful. Like the Rochester Greens, they're pretty.
1: Yeah, I I was never a fan of the blue and teal. Uh, I know you were. I totally was. Still, but you know, but uh, I really like these ones. I like because there was a jersey that the old Nighthawks had for like an alternate jersey two years ago or something in a game against Buffalo where they had the Army colors.
0: Ah, they do a military. it was yeah.
1: beautiful. And now that's exactly what they got for this season.
0: Love it. Yeah, absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Can't wait to see the Nighthawks in their first action. And uh, we're now we're going to take a break, Kevin. We're going to go into quarter number three. And on the other side, it's the second-year franchise, the San Diego Seals, and the man who's in charge of it all, the head coach and the general manager of the Seals, it's Pat Merrill. On the other side, episode 52 of Lax Class coming at you right here on the Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come.
2: Hey, this is Graham Hotrick of the Halifax Thunderbirds and the Victoria Shamrocks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network.
0: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class, if you will, here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Scheminar, with you. Just heard from our friends at Pure Vital Labs. Anything else would be on Sportsman Lake, you can find them at PVL.com or at Pure Vital Labs. They're huge on the Instagram, always letting you know their latest products, recipes, anything you need to know about their supplements, you can find it via Instagram at Pure Vital Labs. One of the players uh, for the next man we are about to talk to on those supplements in Wesleyburg as we welcome back to the program the head coach and general manager of the San Diego Seals in Patrick Merrill. Pat, thanks for doing this once again. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure, How's it man. going, guys? Yeah, it's going great. It's going absolutely great. Uh, it's got to be going pretty great for you as well. I want to start here, Pat Merrill. I just saw the news kind of come across social media, brand new facility for the Hill Academy. Unfortunately, your brother Brody's link uh, on his Twitter post didn't, didn't take me to what I was looking for on Instagram, but maybe you can walk us through it here on Lax Class. Uh, this is fantastic news, man. Like, Huge news and brand new facility for the Hill Academy. Tell me about
2: it. Well, um, you yeah, know we're we're really really uh, excited and uh, and proud of of uh, of the fact that we just uh, secured a new location a new campus uh, for for the Hill Academy. Um, you know we've um, you know have been steadily growing over the last uh, fourteen years, and and we felt like. It was time where uh, we needed to take another step. And, um, and so we're, we're really, really excited about this, this location. It's, uh, it's just outside of, of Orangeville where, where, where Brody and myself and my sister grew up and, and, and fell in love with the game of lacrosse for the first time. And, um, and um, yeah, so it's a, it's a really, really exciting. It's a beautiful campus, 135 acres. We're going to have a brand-new lacrosse stadium uh for our athletes and it's finally finally the campus that uh
0: that our student
2: athletes deserve so we couldn't be more pleased about it
0: well if you if you need like a a resident announcer for for the campus just kind of lingering around calling sports all day long uh you know you know who to call you know who to call pat (laughs)
2: Okay, well, I did go to school with Teddy, too, right? Oh, so never mind that
0: guy. Never mind. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll keep you in mind. Okay, Thanks, Okay, that's all, all, all I can ask for. Hey, uh, let's let's talk about your San Diego Seals now, Patrick. And, and going into year two, a lot of things to be excited about um, offensively, defensively. The team rolling out uh, lots of things this year as well. But I want to talk, Mm -hmm. let's start with the expansion draft losses. And and a kid, I know you're very high on being an Orangeville guy and him being an Orangeville player as well, and Ryland Hartley. And you can only protect one goaltender in that expansion draft, and you don't want to leave Frankie exposed. So I think you probably knew that one was coming in losing Hartley, Mm -hmm. which has got to sting a little bit. And you lose Connor Kelly as well. Just talk about those two players and and the losses that they're going to leave.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously – it's tough losing any player, um, especially two two great great kids that have a ton of potential, like like Connor Kelly and, and Rylan Hartley. Um, but you know we're 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 happy for them both. You know we know uh, that Rylan is is going to get a really good opportunity to play right away, and I think he's ready for that. Um, you know, and he's going to get that opportunity in Rochester. I know they're really high on him. Um, and and same with with Connor Kelly being able to go back to the New York area where, where he grew up. Um, and again, he's going to be able to play a a more significant role there in New York than, than maybe he had with us last year. So we're really happy for the guys, but you know, I, I can't speak highly enough about both of them. Um, very committed, um, talented young men that, that were, uh, you know, very, very, um, a really, really big part of our culture last year. Um, and so uh, they'll be missed, but we know we, they have uh,
1: they have great, long, um, successful careers ahead of them. You lost a number of players on your offense this year, Turner Evans, Dan Dawson. Mm-hmm. We've got, of course, Austin Stoss is still out injured. Most teams would have a tough time recovering from this, but all of a sudden you get Zach Greer, you get Westberg, you're going to have Connor Fields for the full season after the summer he's had, and you get Jeremy Noble, who... Didn't have the greatest year last year, but a change of scenery should help him develop.
2: Yeah, we're 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 hoping. Uh, you know, again, um, you know, Turner and 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 Dan were had phenomenal seasons for us last year, and um, you know, and and replacing them, they, obviously, the new guys have some big shoes to fill. Um, that being said, you know, being able to acquire um, Zach, Wes, and and Jeremy, uh, to name a few. Um, they all, I think, are going to fit in really well. Um, I think all three of them have, have something to prove, you know, with, with Wes and, and, uh, and Zach, you know, not playing last year as well as, you know, Jer, like you said, kind of had a, having a bit of a down season. You know, we like the fact that they're coming in with a bit of a chip on their shoulder and they're able to commit fully, um, to playing in San Diego and they're, they're excited for that change of scenery and, and, uh, and to get started And and they, I think, again, they're going to fit into our locker room really well as well. Um, you know, they all, all three of them have winning experience from the past and, and are true pros. Um, so, yeah, you know, again, just just like we were talking about before, it's always hard to lose players. That's the toughest part of the job. But at the same time, we think that um, we were able to make some, you know, bring in some guys that are really going to help us this year.
0: A couple of guys, as we speak, with the head coach and general manager of the San Diego Seals, Pat Merrill. A couple of guys that are a bit of an unknown, and I don't know if you can give us a, a status report on both of them here, Pat. But uh, Adrian Sorokety, who's who's on the holdout list right now, and and one of your you know coveted gets from last mm-hmm. year, um, on the holdout list. And and I haven't mentioned the other guy in Austin Stats, who obviously went down with that big knee injury, and everybody wants to know how Audie's recovering and when. He is going to return to the Seals lineup. Can you give us an update on, on the status of both Soroketti and Stotts?
2: Yeah, well, um, Adrian right now, um, you know, we're still hoping um, that he's going to be able to make it work and, and play in San Diego. Um, you know, last year he was great for us. Um, you know, again, a very steady veteran presence back uh, on the back end. That's pretty dynamic and, and transition. And he's a, he's a great person as well. He was a good uh, a good leader for us in the room as well last year. so we're still hoping that we can uh, figure things out and, and bring him back. Um, you know um, but it's a challenge you know he's he's based on the east coast and and you know in this league that's that's really important. you know your your lifestyle off the floor has to has to fit with with uh, with your with your career. Uh, on the floor, um, so we're just trying to work through some things, but we're hoping he's back. Um, you know, and with regards to Audie, um, you know, we had Audie um, living in uh, living in San Diego all summer long, um, and um, he came home a few times to visit family, etc. But um, I think we got a report on him yesterday. I think since he's been injured, he's done you know almost ninety physio physio sessions with our medical staff down in san diego um and and is probably in the best shape of his life right now so we're we're hoping um to have him back if not you know for the start of the season shortly thereafter um but he's progressing really well um and uh, i think it's been really really good for him to be working with our staff down in san diego it's not a bad place to to spend your summer (laughs) Um, but uh not a bad place uh, to spend your winter uh, either pat yeah, it, you're right. You're right about that. You're right about that. So yeah. So yeah. And 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 it's been great too because Johnny Johnny Pearson, who also uh, had a similar injury, right,
0: yeah.
2: uh, last spring, w- was able to to stay down there with Austin as well, and 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 re- they were able to rehab together, and um, I think that's worked out really well. So and they're coming along nicely. Um, yeah.
1: One of the players I had mentioned earlier, Connor Fields, we had Andy Towers on the program, what, about two months ago, and he called him the greatest field player in the world. You saw fit, even after just two games in the lineup, not a whole lot of box experience, to protect him in the expansion draft. This kid must have a ton of upside if you're protecting him in the expansion draft.
2: Yeah, uh, great point. Um, Yeah, we're really high on Connor. Um, you know, I've known, I've seen Connor play. He used to, we used to play against him with, with the Hill when he was in high school, and he used to. He
0: used what to was do he very like? Well I here, was going to say, what was Connor Fields um, like back in high school?
2: Yeah, he was virtually unstoppable.
0: That is a quick answer to
2: that, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but you know what? He, he's got, um, you know. First of all, I like him because I'm a big Montreal Canadian fan, and he's uh, he is one too, ironically. So. That was a huge check mark beside his name. But well, we gotta go,
0: Pat. That? I didn't realize you're a Canadian. No, I'm
2: just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. But 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 you know, he's he's he, he grew up in the Buffalo area, so he's he's played quite a bit of box across throughout the course of his his life, growing up in the game. Um, and um, you know, so he's just. I think I think you know, uh, um, NLL fans and indoor fans are going to be really impressed by by his game and what he brings uh to the game you know he's obviously very competitive he's athletic he can shoot the ball he's a really intelligent player um etc and he has some good experience you know he played he played uh a little bit with the old rock too in, in major series lacrosse and had some success there um you know and uh and you know I have to give the kid a lot of credit. We dealt with some injuries late in the season last year on our left side and he he was able to step in with virtually no experience coming off a pretty serious injury and contribute right away for us. So, you know, having a full training camp, you know, and then hopefully staying healthy, healthy knock on wood for the entire season. We're really excited about what what, what we think he can do.
0: I think it's my turn I, I guess. Uh, yes it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as we speak with Pat Merrill here on Lacrosse Classified, episode number 52 in the works here, uh, schedule. We ask every general manager about their schedule here. And, I like, we just talked to Dan Carey previous to you, Pat, and, and I thought, like, as far as schedules go, they got eight out of nine home dates on Saturday nights, and I thought, like, what, like this is as good as it gets as far as a home schedule goes. But, like, every other GM we've talked to, it is what it is, has kind of been their answer. Like, yeah, we we got some challenges. Yeah, we're not super happy about it, but we got to deal with what, what it is. It's like that for every team. As far as you go and the San Diego Seals go, I know there's a couple of to-be-determined dates on your home schedule, and, and <laughs> I'm sure you're mm-hmm. aware. I'm just going to gonna gloss over that, Patrick, but just tell me about the, the San Diego Seals yeah. and, and, and what you think about your schedule heading in here to 2019-20 yeah well
2: um, I'm kind of you know I I don't uh, like you probably you know similar to the feedback that you got from other GMs it kind of is what it is you know and we're you know but I would say you know we're we're overall very pleased with our schedule Um, um, and you know I think in this league to be successful as a team and even as an individual um, whether you're a coach or a player you got to be adaptable to all different types of situations and and really not get phased by uh, by the things that you can't control. So that's that's the way we look at the schedule. You know, I know um, you know you, you just kind of glossed over that. We've got some pretty amazing announcements coming pretty soon. I, I can't break them here today, unfortunately, yep. guys. No, 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 no uh, don't, I wish don't. I could. <laughs> yes. I wish I could. But okay. uh, you know, I know um, Steve uh, Steve Govit, uh, our president, and uh, and Josh Gross. our our VP of business operations and and our owner, Joe, they have some, some pretty cool, um, cool ideas in terms of, uh, in terms of some neutral site games so um i know that that information is going to be released pretty soon and awesome. but i can i can get an understand I, I can tell you right now that it's it's, it's going to be really really exciting for an all-fans so uh, can't uh, can't i
0: can't wait i can't wait till it comes out yeah me either uh you do have uh, a nice little short jaunt uh, from san diego to halifax this year how forward are you looking for that <laughs>
2: yeah i might i might hang out uh, in ontario yeah I, figure that time, that so I, meet, I figured that might be the case i think there yeah. but
1: uh,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah yeah but uh no it, it's it's uh, it's it's you know again we're looking forward to it um you know i i think uh i think all all teams would agree that you know some some bonding on some long road trips uh, helps overall throughout the course of the season sure. and and uh, we know they have a lot of exciting things going down there and, and they're doing a great job in Halifax promoting the team. And uh, I personally, you know, I've, I've kind of roots down on the East coast of Canada. So, uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to going to Halifax. I think it's going to, I think they're going to do well there and, and uh, I'm glad that we're
1: able to uh, uh, be a part of their first season there. A very successful first season for the Seals, a home playoff game. You were one, what well, we was one goal short of knocking off the, roughnecks who eventually won the championship what's in store for season two how do you get better and you know maybe make it to the final or even win the whole thing
2: well um yeah i mean i would say it was um you know it was it was a it was a good season um you know but we obviously fell a little bit short of, of where we wanted to be um to end the season and um you know um but uh definitely lots of lots of things that we can take from last year that we can build on this year and um you know, I think from our perspective um uh, you know we 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 did our best, i think, mainly on the offensive end um to try and be a little bit more dynamic um and you know I think an area another area that we need to approve prove upon is just. Uh, creating more tra- uh creating more opportunities in transition. I think overall we were pretty steady defensively 5 on 5 and uh, you know our our special teams were okay, uh, but I found late in the season, you know, um we kind of hit a bit of a wall. Um so so again, you know, the pieces that we brought in offensively as we discussed earlier, you know, I think it's going to be a matter of them kind of finding some chemistry because we had a good you know, we had, we had a good thing going up front, but we've got a lot of new faces up front. But once we do find that chemistry, I think we're going to be a little bit more dynamic up front. And then the other pieces that we brought in, either through the draft or through free agency, should uh, hopefully help, help us in transition. But, you know, we have a good group of guys, you know, even though we lost quite a few uh, faces from last year, um, you know, I think overall with Brody and, and Kyle Buchanan and Cam holding back our, our leadership core and Frankie between the pipes and, and not really losing much on the defensive end, um, you know, that we started the year with last year. Um, we, uh, you know, I think, again, we, we can compete, but the the Western Conference is, is going to be tough. You know, obviously, Calgary's the team to beat, um, uh, of course, you know, and I, and, and I think they even got they did a good job of getting better even over the offseason. And then, you know, we all know how good, Saskatchewan is and and how hungry they're going to be this year uh and then you know Colorado had a great second half of the year last year and and Vancouver's a lot better than they were last year as well so we know that we can't take any game for granted and and with the new structure of the divisions um you know we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bring it every night um but our, our first goal obviously just like everybody else is to make the playoffs and then uh but hopefully this year we can we can peak at the right time you know i think that's very important too is that you know we kind of peaked halfway through the season last year and kind of hit a wall and then, uh yeah we we had a competitive game in that playoff game but we we just kind of couldn't find ourselves in that last month of the season which in this league it's like i said it's very important for it to, to be able to come together um you know going into the playoffs and and peaking kind of during that time. So hopefully we can prepare ourselves to do that.
0: Well, if anybody can prepare him, Pat Merrill, it's you. Uh, it was great to watch year one of the San Diego Seals. Can't wait to see how it rolls out for year number two for for your boys in purple and gold there. Uh, appreciate your time. Congratulations on the new facility for the Hill Academy. I think that's fantastic. And uh, you got yourself a gold medal at the at the minor box nationals. We didn't get a chance to even bring that up. Congratulations there as well. Oh, and uh always good to talk to you pat appreciate your time man thanks again guys appreciate all the kind words um and again keep up the great
2: work you guys are doing an awesome job growing the game so i appreciate the time
0: hey our pleasure man hey by the way uh that 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 bit with Cam holding down there in the San Diego Seals office on Halloween (laughs) freaking people out, I thought that was absolute gold, so kudos to whoever put that together. That was Steve's reaction. Steve's reaction was my favorite. That was my favorite by far. Uh, Absolutely. I I fully agree with that uh, assessment. (laughs) All right, Pat Merrill, thanks for joining us, and and we'll talk to you soon, man. Okay, boys. Thanks a lot. All All right, Pat Merrill, head coach, general manager of the San Diego Seals, and listen, when Steve Govett had to make that decision, Evan, on who was going to be his head coach and who was going to be his general manager, the staff that he had to put in place there. I think he found the right guy, and he hit a home run right out of the park on, on you know pitch number one here with Patrick Merrill.
1: No, he was the best junior coach available at the time, and absolutely perfect pick. The way they built that team so quickly, phenomenal. Their difficulty this year, like he said, is their division. And You know, the third place team probably in the playoffs, the fourth place team is hanging by a thread. You're going to need to go hard out of the gate because there's not much time to catch up if you need to.
0: Well, hopefully Mr. Austin Stotts and Johnny Pearson and company are ready to go out of the gates. And uh, the West is going to be wild, man. Like like he said, Vancouver's improved. We know Colorado's going to be in the mix. Saskatchewan, always good. Calgary, the defending champs. And and San Diego's right there as well. So the West is going to be an absolute dogfight. It all gets going in just a matter of weeks as uh, another... Week of our Stampede TAC NLL season previews. Done here on Lacrosse Classified. Toronto and Saskatchewan are up next week. Vancouver the following week after that. We're going to get somebody on from the PLPA as well and kind of get a State of the Union from those guys before the season begins. And then we're going to clear the runway. And hopefully get the commissioner on just before face-off weekend, near the end of the month. That's kind of the schedule that's lining up here for the next few weeks. So uh, Toronto and Saskatchewan are next for our Stampy Tech season. Previous, look forward to that. You
1: no, know, and of course Jamie Dogg, I can't thank him enough for what he did in episode Doof. Um, you know, uh, finally letting the the owners speak. So he's he's still got a special place in my heart because of that. Wow,
0: he's he's one of the best, man. He's one of the best. I know he's looking forward to coming on. Uh, I'm gonna have to surprise Derek. I don't think he ha- he's not on social media. He's probably got no idea that I'm gonna call him up and ask him to come on the show. But he'll he'll show up when it matters. I'm sure he will. Uh, one more break to come here on Lax Class, and then we'll get into our news and notes and get you on your way here in episode number fifty-two. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your
3: company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level.
2: Hey, this is Pat Gregoire of Lacrosse Flash, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network.
0: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. Right there, Associated Labels and Packaging, one of our fabulous sponsors here. On Lax Class, along with Pure Vital Labs, Stampy Tack, and Western Wear, and our brand-new sponsor, the Vancouver Warriors, as well, Evan. Thanks to all our fabulous sponsors here for sponsoring the podcast. News and notes time, fourth quarter here on Lax Class. Uh, this is kind of where we like to keep you up-to-date on what's happening around the world of box lacrosse. And uh, contract. some notable contract signings over the past four or five days, Evan. Dylan Ward, the, the wall, as they call him there in Colorado, four-year deal with the Colorado Mammoth, uh, their key piece of their entire franchise, and they lock Dylan Ward up for four years. Yeah,
1: and they've actually done this a few times. They did it with Joey Capito last year for five years. Now, four years is technically the length of a CBA, although opt out after two. But, you know, lock him in. Why not? You know, he's probably getting league max, I imagine, so it's not much to decide upon. Fabulous signing, of course, but four years is a rarity in the NLL.
0: It is. Uh, Zach Courier, one of the best players in the game overall, gets a two-year deal out of Calgary. Ben McIntosh re-upping with the Saskatchewan Rush as well. So some notable names signing just before training camp here. Uh, For the NLL season, speaking of the NLL season, the Buffalo Bandits have been making, I, like it kind of caught our group off guard here a little bit. And I know a, a number of people in Banditland as well. I don't think the decision to name John Tavares the outright head coach in Buffalo is, is what everybody's scratching their head about. But the fact they did not offer Rich Kilgore a contract as the defensive coordinator once again, has a little people has some people just kind of wondering what happened as the general manager, Steve Dietrich, will step onto the Buffalo bench and coach the defense this year. What do you make of this?
1: Yeah, we never got a full explanation on Kilgore. Now, the first explanation from Dietrich was he wanted one voice in the room. So, okay, it's time to get one of the two in there. But to not offer a contract to a coach where your defense drastically improved and was one of the main reasons you got into the final, I'm still trying to get my head around it.
0: Yeah, I I think Richie Kilgore's name when it comes to coaches in line to find a new job in the National Cross, has got to be at the top of the list. Um, so I don't know if there's maybe some fallout there or maybe just a difference of philosophy or or what the case is, but John Tavares, now the outright head coach of the Buffalo Bandits, Kilgore out, and Dietrich, the general manager, will step onto the bench and coach the defense this year in Banditland, which will be an interesting development to watch play out. Um, Austin Owens, our man, although he... Has yet to produce the Kurt Malowski mashup bench interview video that we're all waiting for here, Evan. Um, he did take some time and did up a logo for Lacrosse Classified to maybe start printing some t shirts and hats uh, eventually. And I just want to give a shout out to my man, Austin Owens, for doing that. A real simple, clean, we might put that out online and just give people a little sneak peek.
1: Yeah, and of course, thanks to Austin for dealing with the two of us too. to. High maintenance. High maintenance.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. And, tweak uh, it. Tweak yeah, it. No, to I'm not A few the little, there, little yeah.
1: details here and there. So.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I'll look at it. If you're going to do it, you might as well have something that you're happy with. And Austin was more than happy to to kind of put up with us and, like, yeah, this isn't quite straight. We want this higher with different lettering. Anyways, uh, we, got, we got something that we're both happy with, and we want to thank Austin Owens for that. What else do we got here? I want to give a quick shout-out to Ashley Aiken. And you may be wondering who she is. And and I don't know a whole lot about her, but I kind of came across this story. Somebody passed it along my way. She is back – do, do you know about this uh, this lady here, Evan, Ashley Aiken? Have you, have you heard no, of I her? No, I don't. Okay, so she is back in Kenya teaching. She's from Peterborough, Ontario, and she's in Kenya teaching the Creator's Game to – the people of Kenya, and uh, she's brought a bunch of Peterborough Lakers stuff there back with their sticks and everything. She's teaching lacrosse to the Kenyans, and I just thought, like, this is like this is awesome stuff, and I, I thought she deserves some recognition for it. So, um, I, I probably should have had her Twitter handle at the ready here, so you can kind of check out what she's doing. But it's Ashley Aiken. If you want to look her up, A I T K E N. And she's been working with Kenya lacrosse and getting things started up there. And this is just, it's like, I love to see this, the game grow into parts of the world that uh, have not been exposed to lacrosse before.
1: Yeah. There's only one or two members uh, from Africa in the well, now world lacrosse. They keep wanting to say FIL, but um, you know, Fabulous. I saw some of the photos. I even loved it that some of the kids were throwing with the traditional leathers. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) but you know what? They're just happy to have a stick in their hands and playing. So that's, you know, at the grassroots, that's exactly how you grow the game.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Emily Goss update. Uh, just got one coming in. It's been about four, four and a half months since Emily's accident. Uh, she's working harder and harder and harder every day. She's got a goal to be at home and start doing outpatient rehab by December 20th. She wants to be in her own bed, but I saw she uh, – she, had a picture of of wearing her antiques lacrosse gear as they came home and presented her with kind of the the tribal staff, if you will. Um, she got out to uh, a salon and and she's making her way around now. Like the Evan, I know you don't know the Goss family personally, but they're they're huge here in British Columbia, obviously with with Wayne Goss and Sandbellies and Brett Mitski, uh marrying a goss and like the the whole family here warren goss the gm of the junior bellies and it's just like they're synonymous here with lacrosse in bc and just i i i cannot believe how like when we got the news of emily and and this horrific crash that went down in in london ontario where she was hit by a drunk driver if you're new to kind of the story everybody was expecting the worst like nobody like i was expecting this is not going to end well and and emily could very well pass away and now she's at the point where her speech is coming back she's still working physically to to get a bit of her right side going but the progress that she has made in a 4 month span like all of her doctors are just astounded by the work ethic and the progress that she has made so I want to do my part and keep you updated on this this story as it goes along because it is just astronomical on, on the recovery that she has made since this horrific accident. So keep it going, Emily. The entire lacrosse community is behind you. A uh, couple of more minutes here on Lacrosse Classified before I let you go. Evan, I want to ask you this question here because somebody asked me the question, and, I, and I, I can't remember the guy's name that asked me, but I thought it was an interesting question, so I wanted to put it out to you. If you, were, if you had your wish and you could get two new expansion teams in any location that you wanted, where would those two teams be? And if you could get two teams from yesteryear that used to be in the National Lacrosse League that you'd like to see come back, where would those two cities be? So two new ones, two former cities. Let me Ooh. have it, Evan Shimnard.
1: Yeah, without any preparation. Okay, so so expansion teams. uh, Okay, does Dallas count as one of the two? Because we pretty much know Dallas is the next expansion team, so they count as one of the two.
0: We think. No, this is not what I'm asking, Evan. I'm asking you if you could see any two. Yes. Doesn't? Yeah. Okay. I got
1: I got three in mind, and that's where. No, but hang on. The question is
0: two, Evan, not three. I want two. (laughs) I've got
1: four, so I'm going to put all four out, and then
0: I'm going to decide. So the four
1: are Dallas, Nashville, Vegas, and Winnipeg. Okay? Okay. So which of the two? I think Nashville would be an amazing, amazing city to play in, and you just see the passion there. That was one of mine. Um, I'm not convinced on Vegas yet. I just don't know if it will work or not. it's just too many entertainment options, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna say Winnipeg. I think Winnipeg would love a team there. I think there would be an instant rivalry with both saskatchewan and calgary of course I think that's I think that's the other place I'd go to i think, now I think that's... there a lot of people going to watch travel to Winnipeg no, but I, I just from a
0: yeah. Who cares? I mean, as long as Winnipeg, tra- not a lot of people travel to Saskatoon either, right? But okay. they pack it in at Sasktel. So you're right. you're so coming at teams- it. Hang on, Evan. You're coming yeah. at it like a a bit like from a business perspective. You're you're choosing not where you'd like to go or watch games or where you think it would be cool. You're going where you think it would be the most successful. You
1: have to because the thing is, is that we've seen too many teams fail. And the last thing I want to say is. Let's put a team in—I don't know. Let's say San Jose, which would be a great city to go visit, but it doesn't work, right? And so it's too short-term lived. I, that's what I got to look at from a business perspective. So
0: that's one of the teams that used to be in the National Lacrosse League, Evan, that are no longer there. So I don't think you want to put that one on your second answer here. But two markets that you'd like to see the NOL go back into.
1: Okay, so the first one's obvious—it's Minnesota. Yeah. And one of mine they well. had they had decent attendance. It was just trying to get an arena deal worked out that they lost it. So I think with the right owner, you know, one of the two major franchises there, I think Minnesota works again.
0: Uh
1: the other place because we gotta get some east west balance, mm. I'm gonna say Portland.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh I like I actually I Way back, Evan, in 2000, I want to say 2007, called my very first NLL game in Portland. Uh, All the Morgan brothers, Dan Dawson, members of that team, uh, Derek Keenan was the coach back then as well. 2007, down in Portland, called my first NLL game. I had a great time down in Portland. Uh, Good fan base down there as well. I don't think that's a bad selection for me. I went Nashville and San Francisco because I think that they need some western representation here and just kind of create that belt between San Diego and Vancouver get an extra team in there Portland would fit into that nicely as well so my two new teams were Nashville and San Francisco and my two returning teams were Minnesota and Edmonton because I like I you need more Canadian teams that rivalry between Edmonton and Calgary, I think, would be a fabulous one. I like the idea of Winnipeg and even Montreal at some point as well and just get that cross Canada. That way you can open up the market for a national TV deal as well here in Canada if you got teams right across the country. So uh, for me, it was Minnesota, Edmonton, Nashville, and San Francisco. Uh, but just kind of a fun question to put out there on on where you'd like to see the NLL go into and maybe return to as well. Uh almost done here. I want to get this in, Evan. I mentioned the Rhinestone Cowboy last week. We we thought we had a spot picked out. Didn't work out. Tomorrow, I believe, is the big day, Evan. Going I don't know I man, I don't even want to tell people where I'm going to do this because I'm afraid people are gonna show up and, and <laughs> it's gonna put extra pressure on me. So anyways, uh I got Oh yeah, sp- <laughs> we're, we're making sure a few people make the trip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a I got a spot picked out for tomorrow. I've confirmed that they do in fact have karaoke on Tuesdays. I've gotten the night off for my daughter, I got somebody to film it. I think uh, my sister who's a big singer, um, you know, she's she's like a professional singer. <laughs> So she's the one that stared me into this direction. I think uh, her and her husband are even going to come out uh, to support me as well. So look for this bad boy. Maybe we'll drop it next week um, if it doesn't come out earlier than that. But uh, I think I'm going to – I think it's it's going down tomorrow, and I think I'm going to try and do the full deal, Evan, the full three minutes and 23 seconds of the timeless classic Rhinestone Cowboy – from an undisclosed location here in the Lower oh, Mainland. come on. No, I, I, come no. on, we've
1: got to disclose the location and get, let a few fans of the show no, come I'm, to i I'm,
0: I'm, I'm going to say... I'm, on, I'll we're just... growing the
1: fan base here.
0: <laughs> we're growing the fan base here, so let us know where we're we going. Where are we going? Oh, man. Okay, I'll just come say, we're going to Shooters in Pit Meadows around 8 o'clock tomorrow night, I think, is uh, is, is the location. Tomorrow so, night meaning Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday night, eight o'clock. Tuesday shooters, <laughs> Pit Meadows. If you want to watch uh witness some carnage and have your ears bleed, feel free to to come on out and, and I I like hopefully the crowd gets behind me here. I'm gonna, you know, hopefully they sing the chorus with me or something. I don't know. But uh, that there's your rhinestone cowboy bet update. Uh tomorrow is the big, big Day, you got anything else, Seven? I think that's it. No, uh, you know, good
1: opening day. I only made it to the opening day of the rush camp, but good opening day. And not a whole lot of competition, but you know, good to see a few players from the SWAT out there. Yeah. And I, I think one of them might make the practice roster. You know, just because they need an extra forward, and you know, having those two players there, even if they don't make the practice roster, they're in market. It's good they for can, everybody.
0: Good for yep. everybody. Um, once again, I would really like to welcome aboard our brand new sponsor here on Lacrosse Classified, the Vancouver Warriors. Don't forget, fans, season tickets, flex packs, group tickets, and more. There are plenty of ways to get to a Vancouver Warriors game on any budget for tickets. Visit VancouverWarriors.com or call 604 899 4625. Option three. Probably get my man, Chad, the Chad, yeah, the on, Chad. <laughs> on the other line, and uh, he'll hook you up. Vancouver Warriors where nothing is offside. There's no offside in lacrosse, Evan. That's the, kind of the play on words there. And uh, nothing offside when you go to Rogers Arena, you want to get after it and party a little bit, head to a no, Warriors the game. No, Chad is a good guy. the oh, Chad's he'll the man. Really take good. he'll take good care of you. Chad is the man. No question about it. And, of course, there are other sponsors, Pure Vital Labs, at pvl.com, Associated Labels and Packaging, associated-labels.com, and Stampede Tech and Westernware Stampede.ca. We're shopping online, Is still shopping local. Big thanks to all our sponsors, to Dan Carey and Patrick Merrill for stopping by the show and giving us a preview for the Nighthawks and the Seals. And of course, you, the listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified every single week. 52 episodes, Evan. Next week will be a full calendar year it'll be our first show of year number two a week from now when we talk to jamie dowick and Derek keenan don't forget to follow us along on social media evan was complaining earlier that he's still not to a thousand followers on twitter maybe we can change that right here right now evan on the podcast follow evan at shem i told evan he needs to follow more people he's very particular so you're not going to get any more followers until you start following more people evan so that's on you a little bit as well uh you can follow me at pxp the number four sports any social media platform you want to find me it's pxp for sports you'll find me right there don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well Anywhere you listen to a podcast, you're gonna find Lacrosse Classified via the Lax All Stars Podcast Network. And the show is at LaxClass on Twitter and Lacrosse Classified on Instagram. We got it all in, Evan. Episode number fifty-two is done. Thanks for joining us for Evan Shaminar. I've been Jake Elliott and for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody.